Well, greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, and also greetings to those joining us online right now. Now, today we come to the second session of our First Corinthians sermon series. Today we're going to cover chapter two and three. As it's a very long passage, I'm not going to read the whole two chapters to us, but I'm going to read some portions to give us a context of today's message. So if you have your Bibles with you, or you can follow with me on the screen. I'll start with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 10. And these are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let me jump to chapter 3. I'll read verse 6 to 9. I planted a seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service, we are God's few, God's building. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me open us in a word of prayer, and I'll add a part of my prayer from chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we listen to your word for us today, May you open up our hearts to you and allow your living word to come alive in our hearts. May this message and my preaching be not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of your Spirit's power, so that our faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on your power. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, in the context that we read earlier, the Apostle Paul is believed to have addressed all the members of the church in Corinth. Then the Corinthians were seeking and desiring wisdom. But the problem is that they were looking for it in the wrong places. You know, this was one of the real issues in the church of Corinth as they pursued the wisdom of the world. You know, they were looking to follow the wisdom of different leaders. Some wanted to follow Paul, some Apollo, some Cephas. You know, it was like a popularity contest of who was the better leader. And this caused division in the church community. You know, likewise, the wisdom of the world permeates us today as well. Especially in today's culture. You know, we live in such a fast-paced, information-saturated society where technology, 
social media, globalization have influenced our understanding of wisdom. No, we are bombarded with an overwhelming influx of opinions, ideologies, and perspectives, all claiming to hold a key to understanding life's deepest questions. Today, we can go to any social media page, and in seconds, we get all kinds of information faster than before. Either in clickbaits, in video reels, in news headlines. You know, the allure of instant gratification and quick fixes tempts us to seek easy answers rather than the enduring truth. Today, with further advancement of technology, you know, besides Google, we can go to ChatGPT for instant answers. You know, just curious, how many of you have actually tried ChatGPT before? Just show hands. Quite a number of you here. And then you can input any questions and instantly we get a comprehensive response from a whole database of the world's wisdom. Not only that, no artificial intelligence today can create AI images for us. You know, we click in you know, what picture you want and we, AI can create an image for us. You know, if you think about it, we are like the people of Corinth. They seek wisdom from the world, from great philosophers and preachers of the day. You know, today we read self-help books to improve ourselves. We attend conferences to listen to world-class speakers. And with online services, today we can listen to any preachers, pastors in the world just from a click of a button. You know, but having said that, there's nothing wrong with you know, reading self-help books, listening to great speakers. But we need to remember that human wisdom can only get us so far. You know, the Apostle Paul urged the Church of Corinth to recognize that he and the other leaders are all fellow co-laborers united through Christ and the Spirit. The division in the church demonstrates that they are lacking in true spiritual wisdom. And that is why they rather follow the wisdom of human leaders than of God's Spirit. And that is what I hope to point out in today's message. You know, if you forget everything about this message, you know, this is the key discipleship lesson that you can take away. That true spiritual wisdom comes from God's Spirit and not from the wisdom of the world today. True spiritual wisdom comes from God's Spirit. You know, when we have true spiritual wisdom, it will unite us in Christ and that is what builds up the church community. So to help us gain true spiritual wisdom, I hope to help us understand the source behind it. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. If we read chapter 2 and 3, we can see that the word spirit or spiritual is used a total of 15 times. There are three types of spirit that was identified here. The spirit of God, the spirit of man, the spirit of the world. You know, the Greek word for spirit here is pneuma, which can be translated as breath or wind. Pneuma was often equated to life or soul and believed to be the very essence of the being. The, the pneuma I will be focusing on today is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And in order for us to seek true spiritual wisdom, we need the Spirit of God to help us. Today I'm going to share five lessons with us on the work of the Spirit in us and how we can seek true spiritual wisdom. First, the Spirit searches everything. Second, the Spirit dwells within us. Third, the Spirit teaches and guides us. Fourth, the Spirit enables us with the mind of Christ. And lastly, the Spirit unites and builds up the church. Let me start with the first lesson here. In verse 10, Paul said, These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. 
The Holy Spirit knows everything, even the depths of our hearts. Nothing can be hidden from Him. The Spirit even knows us more than we know ourselves. We cannot run away from the Spirit of God. He knows what we are doing when no one is watching. He knows the motives, the intentions of our hearts. And God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. God knows everything, the past and the future. But even though God is all-knowing, you know, many times you do not want God to know all of us. There's nothing that God is unaware of. The Spirit of God bridges the gap between the deep things of God and our human heart. You know, like what King David said in Psalms 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Secondly, the Spirit dwells within us. Here Paul went on to explain in verse 12, when we have received, it's not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Then the day we invite Jesus Christ into our lives, the Spirit of God dwells upon each and every one of us. You know how many of you have invited Jesus Christ to your life before? Can you raise your hands? Believe majority of us here. The day you invited Jesus Christ to your life as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is there residing in us, dwelling in us. In fact, our body is the temple of the Spirit. If you read on in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul said this, Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temper is sacred, and you together are that temper. And God's presence is with us every day. God is with us when we are asleep. God is with us when we come in the morning for breakfast. God is with us when we meet our way to church this morning. God is with us when we are interacting with our friends. And most of all, God is with us when we, the people of God, come together to worship God. Now turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you. You know, friends, we need a paradigm shift from just a visitation of the Lord to a habitation of the Lord in us. We need to ask ourselves, is our body a permanent dwelling for the Holy Spirit? Or is it like a hotel where we give God a key card when we are only in church or at a conference or at church camps? And then knowing that we are a temple of God and that God's Spirit dwells in us, we need to ensure that our bodies are pure and holy. We need to make sure we are eating right. We need to make sure that we make time for our Sabbath rest. We are exercising to keep our bodies physically fit and well. We need to ensure that we are constantly dwelling in God's Word, spending time in prayer. Whether in the good times or the challenging times, we know that the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us. The third lesson we can learn here is the Spirit teaches and guides us. In verse 13, Paul said, And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. You know, the Spirit allows us to discern the things of God and guide us to see the truth. He grants us clarity of mind beyond our own human understanding. You know, many times we face competing things in our life. Should we go for this? Should we go for that? 
You know, should we stay on in our jobs? Should we seek new career opportunities? Should we attend to our children's needs? Or should we focus on our work? For those serving ministry, you know, should we do this ministry program? Or should we just cancel it? You know, it's times like this, we need God's discernment. Now, I remember in one of my recent meetings, one of our leaders shared these wise words from someone. He said, you know, every idea can be a good idea, but not everything is a God idea. Let me say that again. You know, every idea can be a good idea, but not everything is a God idea. And that is so true. Many times we use our own human wisdom to make decisions on what works for us. In fact, you know, every problem that we try to solve with our own human wisdom may actually create another problem. Just it could be a problem that we are more willing to accept. Every decisions we make have implications. And we need to discern if this implication is something we can bear with. And this is why we need to constantly pray. We need to ask the Holy Spirit within us to teach us, to guide us. We need to ask God to grant us His divine wisdom. You know, just as King Solomon prayed for wisdom as well. So the next time you are faced with a tough decision, you know, stop and pause. Ask the Spirit of God to grant us clarity of mind and His wisdom each day. You know, sometimes because there are so many things at hand, you know, we can get so flustered with so many things on our plate. But at this moment like this, we just need to press that pause button. We need to take a step back. And we ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts. Allow the Spirit of God to realign us to all that's happening in our lives. You know, just as John chapter 14, verse 26 described, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. You know, the Holy Spirit is like a GPS for our soul. You know, GPS stands for Global Positioning System. You know, I do not know if you remember the time before GPS was invented. You know, you had to use a physical map to navigate around places. You know, how many of you actually still use a physical map to navigate around places? Can I see a few hands? <laughs> you know, I remember in the past before GPS was invented, you know, I'll, I know when I used to take the bus, you know, I'll have this physical map with me that I'll bring everywhere. It tell you all the bus numbers to take, where to stop, you know, where to walk to, where to go to my destination. I know I have to always plan my route in advance because, you know, we do have GPS at that point of time. It's not as accessible. But today, in any country in the world, when we are stepped into an unfamiliar territory, you can rely on a GPS, Google Maps, Apple Maps, or anywhere to just guide you through you know, the winding roads, the unknown paths. You know, in a similar manner, the Holy Spirit acts like a GPS. But another term that I'd like to share with us is called God's positioning system for our souls. You know, when we walk through the twists and turns of life, Sometimes we make a wrong turn and we may end up making a big detour because of our own mistake. But no, we have the Holy Spirit in us as our divine guide who will gently nudge us back in the right direction again, helping us avoid the pitfalls and leading us towards God's purpose for our life. So let us cultivate a teachable spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to instruct us in God's ways. Fourthly, the Spirit enables us with the mind of Christ. You know, having the mind of Christ means we are able to have the lens of Christ. You know, there was a period of my life where I actually didn't have to wear glasses. 
You know, I used to pride myself for having 6-6 vision. You know, who here has yeah, perfect vision? A few hands. You know, yesterday, uh, Pastor Clement was sharing you know, how for the longest time you know, he had perfect vision until recently he had to start wearing reading glasses. <laughs> you know, I, I realized you know, when I started my seminary studies in TDC, suddenly I, you know, I couldn't see the words on the screen as clear as before. You know, when I'm out you know, buying food, uh, when I look at the menu, the menu on top, I just squint my eyes to actually see what I'm ordering. You know, in, in the end, I finally got uh, a pair of glasses and suddenly the world was clear and sharp. You know, I almost gotten used to the world being slightly blurred. But now with glasses, it was as though I had a new perspective of the world. You know, likewise, when the Holy Spirit enables us with the mind of Christ, you know, it is like a new pair of glasses allowing us to perceive the world a fresh new way. But this time, with the lens of Christ, we begin to see the world with love, compassion, grace. You know, many years ago, there was this uh, catchphrase called WWJD. If you know what it stands for, it stands for what would Jesus do? You know, this is a helpful question that we can ask ourselves daily. You know, when we are faced with an issue, when we do not know what to do, we put ourselves in Jesus' shoes. What would Jesus do at this point of time? But to be able to answer that ourselves, we need to first be close to God. We need to spend time in God's presence. We need to know His heartbeat, reading His Word, having daily conversations with Him. With the mind of Christ, we can reason with the experiences that we have. And most of all, we have the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us through this process. You know, when we pray for the mind of Christ, we know what Jesus would do in any situation that we may be in. When we have the mind of Christ, we will not boast on the wisdom of human leaders. We will not follow the wisdom of the world. You know, just as the Apostle Paul reminded us in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. When we have this mind of Christ, we will have true spiritual wisdom. Lastly, the Spirit of God unites and builds up the church. We will come to realize that each of us have a part to play in God's kingdom. You know, Paul went on to share in 1 Corinthians 3. Let me read verse 6 and 9. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. All of us, we have different assignments in this world. But God is the one that builds up the church. You know, when we have true spiritual wisdom, we will not boast on the human leaders we follow. We realize that all the leaders, we are all fellow co-workers in Christ. We are on the same team, following Jesus Christ. Just as Paul closed in his address in chapter 3. So there are no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours. And you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. So friends, let us remember that true wisdom comes from the work of the Spirit in us. As we remember that the Spirit searches everything, the Spirit dwells within us. The Spirit teaches and guides us. 
The Spirit enables us with the mind of Christ. And the Spirit is the one that unites and builds up the church. You know, before I close, I'm going to lead us in a time of Christian reflection or the term we use is called examen so that we can allow the Spirit of God to lead us in our lives today. You know, for those who are not familiar with this spiritual exercise, let me share a quick recap. You know, we learned about this as one of the spiritual disciplines as a church during the year of Sabbath rest back in 2021. In our Sabbath rest journal, there's this part that explains what Christian reflection is. And let me read to us. In Christian reflection, we must seek the audience of our all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful God. You know, Christian reflection is more than thinking about the task we did, but taking our time to be with God. Other than making time to be alone with God, we ought to learn to offer our attention to God so that we may know the Father's heart for us and for the people around us. At this point, I'm going to lead us through these five steps and it's just a framework to help us discern the Spirit of God with us. You know, you can do this in the morning when you wake up or at the end of the day before you sleep. You know, just to use this as a framework to help us reflect the day or reflect the week in the company of the Holy Spirit. You know, first, we become aware of God's presence. You know, second, we review the day with gratitude. Third, we pay attention to our emotions. You know, fourth, we choose one feature of a day and we pray from it. And lastly, we look forward to tomorrow. So at this point of time, I'm going to lead us through this examen exercise. I'm going to invite us to close our eyes. You know, just to pause for a while. Be in a comfortable position. And be still and know that God is in our midst. And to make that space where you are stood at, a sacred space, the seat where you're sitting on is an altar between you and God. And let us first become aware of God's presence with us. as we look back on the events of the past week in the company of the Holy Spirit. Ask God to bring clarity and understanding. Now review each day with gratitude. You know, gratitude is the foundation for our relationship with God. You know, walk through each day in the presence of God. Know its joys and delights. Focus on the day's gifts. Look at the work you did the people you interacted with? What do you receive from them? Or what do you give to them? Pay attention to small things. The food you ate, the sights you saw, 
and other seemingly small pleasures. Look for God in the details of all these things in your life. Now pay attention to your emotions. Reflect on the feelings you experienced in the week. Was it boredom, irritation, resentment, happiness, excitement, or was it discouragement? What is God saying to you through these feelings? Perhaps the Holy Spirit might be nudging you to some ways you may have fallen short from Him. Or perhaps the Holy Spirit is placing a burden on your heart for someone. Perhaps the Spirit's nudging you to reach out to Him or her in some way. Now choose one feature of a day and pray from it. Ask the Holy Spirit to direct you to something during a particular day that God thinks is particularly important. It may involve a feeling, positive or negative. It may be a significant encounter with another person or a vivid moment of pleasure or peace. Or it may be something that seems rather insignificant. Look at it. Pray about it and allow your prayer to arise spontaneously from your heart, whether in intercession, praise, repentance, or gratitude. at this point perhaps you know, the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of us here perhaps you might be experiencing a crisis at home right now or at your workplace ask the Holy Spirit to fill your hearts with His love and grace when you are faced with a situation at work where you do not know what to do Ask the Holy Spirit to grant you His divine wisdom. Ask Him to grant you the mind of Christ so that you're able to respond in a Christ-like way. And lastly, let us now look towards tomorrow the week ahead on Monday when we go back to the grind of work now pay attention to the feelings that surface as you survey what's coming up are you apprehensive or are you full of delighted anticipation allow your feelings to turn into prayer and seek God's guidance Asking for help and understanding and pray for hope.
come, let us pray. Almighty Father, we thank you for this wonderful privilege that we can always come to your throne of grace each day. We thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to dwell within us, to lead us and to guide us. Will you enable us to listen to your still small voice, to experience your presence in our lives, even when we face the challenges or the business, when we are flustered, when we are so filled with emotions. Will you align our thoughts with you? Will you grant us the mind of Christ so that we know how to navigate through life's challenges? So today, we come to you surrendering our week ahead to you. May you lead us each day to be aware of your abiding presence with us wherever we go. Will you grant us true spiritual wisdom from you and not from the wisdom of the world so that we can be a church that is united with Jesus Christ as our firm foundation. We pray all this in Jesus Christ's name.